You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Great Synth 68 Podcast. It is episode 62 of the podcast, season three of the show. I am joined tonight by Chris. Chris, how have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good. We'll run through today's episode. We'll go through the international break and who has played who. And then we'll preview this weekend's game against Everton, the first game of the new Women's Super League season. So let's take a look at what's happened over the last week or so. We'll start with England, which is uh, a team I'm sure we've both seen this past week, Chris. They began with a 3-3 draw with Belgium on Thursday. Lucy Staniforth came on in the 75th minute in this match. Jodie Taylor and Beth Mead put England 2-0 up before a Carly Telford own goal and a header from Ella van Kerkhoven equaled it up. Van Kerkhoven then gave Belgium the lead after a poor clearance from captain Steph Horton. Nikita Paris then rescued a draw from the penalty spot. Chris, what did you think of this first game? It, it's um just... Well, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, look of what we're going to talk about tonight's game, really. It's an, another one where we've had defensive errors that have cost us, and we just don't look comfortable at the back. Yeah, I think you could you could probably say um, very similar things about both games, unfortunately. Um, you, and it's things that you could say, that you could throw at the, at, at the group for things that they've done for 12 to 18 months now. We, you know... We look dodgy with crosses coming into the box. Um, you know the the two centre halves who who play well for their for their club sides don't seem to be whoever is playing centre half. There there doesn't seem to be a connection there. I think it was Horton and McManus, wasn't it on uh, on the Belgian game? Um, you know, and th- those two have played together on numerous occasions for for Man City. But you put them in an England shirt and they look like they've They've never seen each other before. Um, I mean, the the goal. Um, I, th- I think it was was it the equaliser or the one that put Belgium ahead, where Horton messed the clearance and um, McManus was playing playing the the girl onside. It's yeah. it's it's so basic. Um, you know, it, it's such poor poor defending, um, and and a lot of the time um, England will play and. And we'll get away with that because, um, you know, the the attacking ability, the attacking talent we've got will outweigh it. Um, but in, you know, this is this is twice now um, since the World Cup to concede three at Belgium is worrying. Um, and and the, like I said, the manner of the goals is is really really disappointing. But we seem to be saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if Steph uh, Houghton. Um, Horton, sorry, I keep getting it wrong. Um, Steph Horton, I don't know if it's because she's, she's trying to do everything herself because she doesn't trust who's next to her and she's causing more mistakes because she's trying to do everything and McManus being out of position is forcing her to do something that she doesn't want to do. But it doesn't seem to be working, as you say. And you've got the likes of Aoife Mannion and Leah Williamson who have been on the bench. Leah Williamson came on late on in this game today, which we'll go on to in a bit. But 
they don't they don't seem to be getting the minutes and those two probably were two of the most consistent defenders last season at center back and Phil doesn't for any whatever reason doesn't want to play them in their best positions what do you think Chris yeah uh, you know you ask you ask anybody um any any women's football supporter who watches the game the english game regularly um yeah, and i think the the two most impressive defenders in in the league are williamson and mannion um in, english ones sorry obviously you got the you got the the girls at chelsea the scandinavian girls who who will have a say as well but but certainly for for, from an English perspective, it's it's Mannion and it's Williamson, and I think, you know, obviously, Horton is is the captain. Um, she's not going to get dropped. Um, you know, she's there. She, she, she's got a position for life, if you like, um, uh, until she deems that she's she doesn't want to play anymore or whatever. Um, so I think I think Horton will will get picked. Um, so it's a matter of who's alongside her now. He, he played. Uh, McManus against Belgium. Um, I've I've made my opinions on McManus very clear. I don't think she's anywhere near international quality defender. Um, and I think it, it it was bright again tonight. It was bright at the World Cup. Um, it was bright at the Euros. You know, and, and mistakes keep being made. Um, and like I say, I think he brought he brought Williamson on tonight, did he, and, and put her right back. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's mind-boggling decisions. Absolutely mind-boggling. But you know, he's he he is the manager, and as he likes to tell everybody, he holds the cards. Um, so what all we can do is is sit back and and see what pans out, and when it doesn't work, like it screams out that it won't work, then then I think we've got every right to criticise and question it. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about him wanting to experiment, especially with Lucy Bronze in midfield. We've 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 seen it. We've seen him try this now about four or five times, and it, it, it's affecting us defensively as well. Even though maybe Lucy Bronze isn't as defensively minded as she was before she went to Leon, but in considering he likes to tinker, he doesn't like to tinker with a backline. He likes Steph Horton, likes Millie Bright or McManus in there. I don't know why he doesn't want to try other players there, considering he wants to experiment with 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 matches that are coming up. We've got um, a free ticket, basically, to the Euros in two years, and he's not really testing anything new out. He's just playing the same players. Jodie Taylor started up front again today. You could have played, yeah. you could have played Beth England for 60 minutes. He brought her on for the last 15 minutes or so, something like that. What do you think, Chris? Does he need to really, really make some changes? Because otherwise we're not going to know if these players are going to be good enough. But I, I think the opportunity to do with that was after the World Cup. Um, you know, the, the, these two these two games was was a really good opportunity to actually. You know, it, he says that he's he's here for the long term. He's here to stay. He, he could have really made a mark um, and really put his foot down and and picked a squad, a, a really youthful squad um, and a squad for the future. Um, like you say. What what are we what are we learning from from picking Jody Taylor up front today? Jody Taylor's not going to Jody. You know, I, I love Jody Taylor, and you know, for what she's done for Blues and England in the past. But Jody Taylor isn't going to improve as a player, and we're not going to learn anything about Jody Taylor in the next two years. Now, whether she goes to the Euros or not is is a different matter. 
Um, that you know that that's up to that's up to Phil, but we, we're not going to learn anything from it. There's it's it's a it's a futile exercise playing Jody Taylor up front. We know exactly what we're getting from Jody Taylor. What we don't know is how Beth England can fit into an in England side like you say, and we know exactly we know exactly what we get from Horton and Bright or Horton and McManus at the back because it keeps on happening over and over again. So we know exactly what we're getting, and it keeps happening. Yet, yet that is what, like you say, for for whatever reason, um, he he is he is very uh, very reticent to to pick to alter that back line to to, to pick young centre halves. Um, but as I say, hopefully, hopefully it changes because you know what what we've seen over the last six to twelve months. Is that if you keep picking picking those players, then the same mistakes will happen. The same things will keep happening. You know, the, the sign of madness is is doing the same thing over and over again, and and that's what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And as I put out earlier on, we haven't learned anything that we didn't know before tonight's game that Correct. we don't know now. Nothing, nothing has changed. We know the defense is terrible at the moment. They've got issues. Stan Wake can hit good goals. We know that she did that last season for Manchester City. There's nothing that we didn't know before the 90 minutes that we do now. And let's it's, we might as well go on to tonight's game. Norway beat England 2-1 this evening. Lucy Staniforth did not play any part tonight. Georgia Stanway opened the scoring with a superb strike. It was a Steph Horton for Steph ha- Horton. I got it right. I got it right and I messed, yeah, I messed myself <laughs> up there. Never mind. She pl- she played that Hollywood pass that she likes to do, similar to Gerard. She likes to play that pass. She tries it maybe a bit too often in games, but she she's good at it when it comes off. One touch from Nikita Paris and Georgia Stanway, first time shot into the top corner. I thought this was going not going to go in, and then it suddenly hit the bar and bounced back in and, and again. What a great strike, Chris. And it, this is the sort of player that should be getting the chances, and she is getting the chances, and she's proven that she deserves a place in this team. Yeah, I think that's the that's the attribute of her game that we can we can really use. You know that that long range disc, that long range shot. Um, it's it's. I think the thing that sways it is is um, is how quickly she takes the shot off. You know, she gets it from Paris. I don't think she even takes a touch, does she? I don't believe so. Um, uh, you know, and and she's got the confidence and the ability to to hit a shot like that from distance. Um, she does it. She does it plenty of times during games. Um, you know, so you know, everyone, everyone in in seven or eight has got every chance of finding the top corner, like it did, like it did tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a it's a fantastic strike. Take nothing away from that. And and like you say, I think you know she's someone that that we we probably could see in in that England side for the next ten years or so. Yeah, absolutely. And then the problems started to reappear for England after this. They got cancelled out by a goal from Frida Manum. It was a header from another corner. It's 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 England's real difficulty to deal with set pieces and balls played in from what out wide, Chris. That I don't know what Phil Neville, as a Premier League former defender, can't teach his players to defend simple balls into the box. And we got punished again. It's a good header from close range. Kylie Tarford can't do much from the close range that she's to the player and she gets into the back of the net. It's it's the same, like I said, it's the same story over and over again, isn't it? You know, so many goals conceded from, from set pieces, corners, free kicks, 
nobody taking command uh, of that back line. You know, you've got Horton and Bright, uh, you know, the, the clubs that they play for, you know, the, 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 the amount of time Steph Horton has been in club football, international football, you know, somebody, somebody take charge of that, of that area, you know, there needs to be a hell of a lot more organisation. And, you know, you mentioned Neville, he, in his, in his little rant that he, that he put out the other day, um, you know, he proudly boasted, I think, I think it was 56 members of staff that they've got um, as part of the England backroom staff. Not one of those 56 has been able to teach our back line how to defend set pieces in what, 18 months now that we've been having defensive problems? It's it's absolute madness. Um, and But like I say, the, the definition of, of madness is doing the same thing over and over again. And we keep doing the same thing over and over again. We're not we're not changing. We're not adjusting. Um, we're not making any any real differences to to how we don't look like we can defend any better from set pieces. Um, you know, and I always look at it and say, what would I do if I was playing England? If I was, you know, if I was the coach or, or manager of another side, and I would say, get get win free kicks in and around the box and just pile balls into that box when you've got set pieces because at some point, you know, we, we are, we do look so fragile from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I haven't looked outside if there are, if it's a starry night tonight, but we should be thanking our stars that um, <laughs> Phil Neville will hopefully learn oh. from this experience because yeah. it, it, it's just, it's just uh, I don't know what to say. It's, it, but it's, he's, had, he's, had, he's had 18 months of us conceding from set pieces. I know. I, you know, this this isn't this isn't anything new. I I don't know. It 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 just keeps happening, and hopefully it gets resolved one way or the other. Hopefully, if that means new players coming in the defensive line, if we have new coaches coming in to help Phil Neville with defensive plays, I don't know. But something needs to change. Agreed. We'll move on now to Scotland. Scotland played Cyprus on Friday with an eight nil win. Kim Little got five goals for the Scottish side. Claire Emsley, Jane Ross and Caroline Weir also on the score sheet. Uh, Chloe Arthur did not play in this game, but Abby Grant came on in the 82nd minute. It was her first appearance for Scotland since January for Shelley Kerr's side. Is it a good sign, Chris, that she's back in, well, into the Women's Super League now and she's got back into the Scotland uh, setup? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a lot easier for, for the Scottish coaches, for Shelley Kerr to be able to see a lot more of Abby Grant now. Obviously, the season hasn't started yet, but you know, as the season progresses, they'll, they'll get to see a lot more of Abby Grant than you know. Her games will be a lot more accessible than than the games she was playing for Anderlecht. So, um, you know, she's definitely put herself back in the shop window with a move back to England. Um, you know, and and very good to see her in and around the squad, a squad that obviously you know have got top class players there. That the players you mentioned who got the goals, you know, would. Would get into would quite a few international teams across the world. So, um, you know, when when she goes away on international duty and and trains and plays with these players, it, it can only be good for her development. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next game, then it was Republic of Ireland against Montenegro tonight. Uh, Harriet Scott started for Ireland in this one. It was a two 0 win for the Irish side. Goals from Tyler Toland and Katie McCabe. It was a clean sheet for Ireland with uh, Harriet Scott, of course, playing in the back line. It's a good sign, Chris, that she's going to get um, confidence from this going into the game against Everton on the weekend. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully she's 
she's come through unscathed, no no niggles or anything because obviously with the with the lack of defensive options we've got, she's a she's a massively important player for us this season. So um yeah, every time she comes back from international duty fit and raring to go, then then that's a good sign for me, yeah. Absolutely. We'll move now on to Northern Ireland, our final uh, country to look at. They played two games over the course of the last few days. On Friday, they played against Norway. Norway, who beat England tonight, of course. They beat Northern Ireland 6-0 in that game. Holloway did not feature in this game or the next one we're going to talk about briefly afterwards. Caroline Graham Hansen, a familiar name for people. Uh, She got a hat-trick as Northern Ireland were beaten 6-0 by Norway. Amelie Ekman, Ekland also scored twice with Gura Reiten getting the sixth goal. These Norway, Norwegian players look good, Chris. We saw them again, obviously, tonight. But uh, that Reiten who signed for Chelsea looks a real real threat and it looks like they're going to be dangerous in the Women's Super League this season. Yeah, she impressed um, quite a lot in the World Cup, actually, Reiten. Um, and I think, like you say, you look up and down that, that Norway squad um, considering they haven't got Hegerberg to, to call upon a, as an out and out striker, uh, you think if they had her, that, that they really they really should be looking at, at quarterfinals minimum for every tournament. Um, well organised normally, um, and then you think back to to the quarterfinal of the World Cup where we we brushed past them three um, nil, and that was a you know I think they'll be really disappointed looking back on that result. Um, because the players that they've got available to them are, are proving on, on most international occasions that, that they're more than capable of of putting in big performances against big teams. Um, obviously, you know, the, beating Northern Ireland, you'd fully, you know, with no disrespect to the Northern Irish, but you'd expect a Norwegian side to, you know, to to brush past those sorts of sides. It, but it's. It's the big tournaments that that they need to step up. Um, you know, I think they had a poor Euros two years ago, didn't they? Um, and, and like I say, the the performance they put in in the quarterfinals of the World Cup was, you know, w- wasn't good enough. I don't think for for the players that they've got available to them. Um, but yeah, I think on their day, they're they're more than capable of beating anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. I'm not going to talk about the Ada Hegerberg situation because people have done that to death. But yeah, but yeah, that reminded course. me of something in commentary tonight. The fact that the BBC commentators, um, obviously Casey Stoney and uh, I think it's Ro- Ro- Robin Cohen, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Those two, they they didn't mention Ada Hegerberg for 30 minutes in that game, which is impressive given probably Jonathan Pierce would have brought that up in the first 10 seconds of the game. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. again, I, I said this on Twitter, but shout out to Casey Stoney who did a great job on commentary tonight. And I thought um, it just goes to show how commentary can be done well and sometimes we just don't get that but uh, i think it's the difference between working in the game and knowing the game rather than um turning up on the day mr (laughs) pierce who who, to be fair you know he's been there a long time he's followed the english international game for quite a while you know he's, he's commentated on on the england women's side for quite a while now but uh my question would be how much how much Club football does he watch not only in England but you know abroad as well. Um, whereas the likes of Stoney, obviously it's their it's their job to to scout people and and watch games regularly um, in this country and and abroad as well. So I think it, that that that's probably where you find the difference. 
Yeah, absolutely. The final game for Northern Ireland took place tonight. They took on Wales at Rodney Parade, where England secured their uh, place in the World Cup last year. Was it last year? I think it was, wasn't it? It was. Yep. Just last year, yeah, I think so, yeah. It was a good result for Northern Ireland in the end tonight. Uh, Rebecca Holloway didn't feature in this game either, unfortunately, but it's good to see that she's on the bench for the last previous few games. It looks like she's back in the fold after being um, abroad, obviously. So good for her. Um, Simone McGill, who we might see on Sunday playing for Everton, opened the scoring for Northern Ireland with a deflect uh, with a goal. Uh, then a deflective effort from Anne Garrid uh, James equaled it up for Wales. Anne Garrid, sorry, I'll get that wrong. I'll pronounce it again. Anne Garrid <coughs> James, or has James as most people call her? Yeah, she, has she, yeah. yeah. Equalised for Wales. Uh, Kaylee Green then put Wales up in the second half before. Uh, Hudson got the uh, equaliser with the final kick of the game for Northern Ireland. Is, this is obviously a surprise for Wales fans, Chris. After them just missing out on the World Cup, they've gone back to drop points to a team, arguably, who won't be competing for a place in the Euros, uh, Northern Ireland. But uh, after losing 6-0 to Norway, they've obviously come out and tried to prove a point. Yeah, uh, you know, that's it's a, it's a UK derby as well, isn't it? You know, so the... You know, I'm sure quite a few of those players will know each other um, from club football and things like that. So, you know, both both sides will will have had a point to prove. Um, dis- I think Wales will be disappointed not to hold on, considering they were they were minutes away, weren't they, um, from a home win, which which is important. Um, I think realistically, when you've got Norway in your group as well, you you really need to be beating everybody else around you. Um, you know, in order to, to to really assert yourself on the group, um, is is it two two places that get automatic qualification, or is it one and then another to the playoffs? Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure to be honest. Chris. No, I'm not too sure with the Euros, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, but really, these like I said, these are the these are the games. A side like Wales needs to they need to be picking up maximum points in every other game. Um, you know, in order to give yourself the confidence and uh, and that chance of, of of going ahead against a side like Norway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's have a quick look. Um, it says the group winners and the three runners up with the best record against sides in the first, third, fourth, and fifth in their sections will join England in the final tournament. The other six okay, runners yeah. up will go into a playoff. Okay, so right. So finishing second will guarantee you at least a playoff. Then yeah, it looks like um, it. Which obviously is is good for 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 that group in particular either wales or northern ireland you'd you'd fancy norway that that they'd finish top of that group so um really only one of them realistically will will be will be finishing in with a chance of of getting to the euro so i think for wales they'll be disappointed that they didn't hold on tonight yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Norway playing a friendly tonight and not playing a qualifier, it gave Wales a chance to psychologically get ahead of them in the, in the yeah. table, but it did yeah. improve the case. Just put the pressure on, if you like, yeah. yeah. We'll now move on now to our preview then of their first game of the Birmingham City's season. It's against Everton this Sunday at Damson Park. It's two o'clock kickoff. Everton's manager, Willie Kirk, speaking after their win over Ajax last month, believes his side is making st- steady progress ahead of the new season. He said... Pre-season is all about getting into habits, that habit of winning, scoring goals and creating chances. We played seven matches and won six of them, and I think the players will be taking from that confidence. 
It appears from the outside that Everton have been as secretive of, as like our own club, Cressa, of not really giving out the results of pre-season games to the public. Mm. Uh, Rachel Gold, I believe is her name, of um, SB Nation, has take, who writes about uh, Everton's uh, ladies team. She's taken a, a closer look at their summer business and she's found out that Everton beat Blackburn Rovers, Leicester City, Sheffield United, Durham and Ajax in pre-season. They also lost to Aston Villa. It's clear that Willie Kirk has favoured a morale, like a, a morale-boosting win over tougher tests ahead of the new season, probably for the best after they won just two of the last ten games last season. Chris, what do you think? It's obviously they played teams in the championship looking to get their confidence up ahead of the new season. Do you think that's the right move? I I, I think it is. Yeah, I think th- you know obviously they've they've had a few a few incomings and outgoings as well um, over the summer. Not not as many as us probably, but. Um, you know, a few high-profile exits and you know players that played well for them last season have left. So, um, yeah, I think j- j- just giving you giving you the chance to for the group to get together, um, you know, to to play regularly. Uh, if they've played seven games, that that's quite a, a decent pre-season schedule. So, um, you know, Willie Kirk's a, a confident manager, and um, he'll he'll be hoping that he's the, the the games that they've played will will stand them in good stead ahead of the first game of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kirk has some early injury headaches though ahead of the Birmingham City game with new signing Kiki Van S, the Dutch international, uh, missing the early part of the season due to knee surgery. Uh, Rachel Gold, as mentioned before, also has concerns about Everton's striking options. The Toffees scored just a, a fifteen league goals last season. Hannah Kane struggled with injury last season, scoring just twice after arriving from Sheffield FC. But if she gets on a run, this team might she might be able to step up to this level. Uh, you've got Chloe Kelly, the former Arsenal player. She looked fantastic for Everton on loan. But since she made the move permanent in 2018, she's only scored four goals in 26 appearances. Uh, Simone McGill, who scored tonight for Northern Ireland. And young, uh, young winger Chantel Boy-Hilorka scored seven goals between them two last season. Uh, one potential goal scorer for them to watch out for is obviously new signing Lucy Graham from Bristol City. The Scottish midfielder was one of the highlights of last season in the WSL, scoring 12 goals from midfield for them. Uh, if she can get the right positions, I think she's going to be a good player for them this season. Chris, what do you think? Lucy Graham going to be a difference maker if they're going to stay up or go down? Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, she's She obviously had a, a fantastic season last season, um, her first season in the WSL. You know, really made her mark on on the division uh, at Bristol. Um, you know, a different different side, Bristol. Um, you know, they can you can get away with things a little bit at Bristol that that you might not be able to at other at other grounds in terms of the way you you know they they like to keep it very tight. Um, you know, not much width. Um, but obviously, she she was one who who found a yard every so often to to. Um, you know, to, to score the goals that she did. Um and I think they'll be you know, you've just reeled off a few names there. I think Lucy Graham, they'll be they'll be relying on her as well to to really step up. I think they've lost you know, obviously um Angarad James has gone to Reading, I think. Um Claudia Walker's obviously come to us a, a forward option. So um yeah I think I think if you keep Graham quiet um and stop Chloe Kelly you know, potentially out, out wide, creating a few problems. Then, then I think you can, you can certainly stop most of Everton's threats, probably with those two. Yeah. 
queue yeah. Everton winning four 0 and none of those scoring probably. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, if they do, ha- if that does happen, there's going to be probably some um, uh, contribution from these next few players. Uh, Esme Morgan, who is a highly rated defender who's joined on loan from Manchester City ahead of the new season. She, I believe, is highly rated from those at the club as well as play, uh, fans of Manchester City. So it'll be interesting. Uh, she's, uh, I think she's under England, under 21 international, Chris. Do you know much about her? Uh, I think well, I think she played um, a couple of times for Man City when we've played them. Um, she looks okay. Um, she looks raw. Um, you know, a young young player. It's it's easy to it's easy to get lost, especially in a side like Manchester City. So I think this move might be good for her. Um, a bit more pressure put on her. A bit more responsibility put on her. And you know, it could be the making of her. Yeah, it could be. Her probably playing alongside uh, Gabby George this season, who, can, uh, after getting that England call-up, it looks like she's her form's kind of dipped, I think, and she just needs to come back this season with a better, um, I don't know, more consistency. Is it, Are they both raw and need to be um, improved, Chris? Yeah, uh, George is a funny one. Obviously, she got that England call-up quite early on, um, in my opinion, without really doing a great deal. Um, I, I didn't see, I didn't see the outstanding talent that a lot of other people suggested that they saw. Um, you know, obviously she's got the the link with with Jesse Lingard. I don't know whether that had anything. I'm not saying she got picked purely because of who, uh, you know, who her family are, but um, whether that had anything to do with it in the mindset of uh, of what was the next Man United player uh, being manager, but certainly. Last season, she wasn't, you know, she hasn't been anywhere near the the standards that she was setting a couple of years ago. And even, like I said, even for me, they weren't they weren't spectacular. So, um, I think if, like you say, though, if if Everton have got a chance of staying up, I think they need a few goals and they need to keep games tight. Um, so people like Gabby George and, and Morgan, the the, the pressure is going to be on them. It, you know, obviously they had. I think Vaness w- was. They were hoping to be the the main defender, really, um, but obviously she's she's injured now, so there'll be an awful lot more pressure on on the other girls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everton have also brought in experienced Finnish goalkeeper Tinja Rika Korpela from Valerenga. The 33 year old previously played for Bayern Munich. I could see her taking the number one jersey this season ahead of Kirsty Lavelle, but if not, her experience probably will make Kirsty Lavelle a better goalkeeper. What do you think, Chris? Do you think she's going to take her take her over, considering her age? Potentially, um, I don't. I don't think it's it's great for for the confidence of someone like Lavelle if if a new keeper comes in and, and gets the glove straight away. But um, you know, I think Lavelle made a couple of errors. Couple of quite costly errors last season. I'm thinking back to the, I think it was the Yeovil game at Yeovil where they won one nil. I think both actually both Yeovil games. I think she probably could have done better with the with the goals that that helped Yeovil beat Everton twice last season. So um, overall, though, I think she's actually a pretty good goalkeeper, Lavelle. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see if if this Finnish girl comes in as as the number one or or as you say just a more more of a reassuring coaching role for to try and get Lavelle to that to that step above. Yeah, absolutely. They've also added um Chelsea youngster Molly Pike and French midfielder Maeva Clemeron from FC Flory ninety one. Um I don't know too much about these players, but we'll we'll soon see them this season I'm sure. 
You've mentioned, Chris, they've lost uh, quite a few players, maybe not as many as us, but quite a few. You touched on a few of them. Uh, today it was announced Olivia Chance has gone to Bristol City, the New Zealand international who played at the World Cup this year. Uh, Claudia Walker, you mentioned, joined us on a permanent deal. Welsh midfielder and Garrett James went to Reading, as you said. Dutch midfield, uh, Dutch defender, rather. Siri Worm has joined Tottenham Hotspur and so on. It, it does feel like it's a changing of the guards. Willie Cook said he would make massive changes now he came in to try and steady the ship. Obviously, Yeovil's gone down. They they had their issues, but and Yeov, uh, Everton survived mainly because of Yeovil's issues, considering mm. they lost twice to the, the league last season. He's got to do something drastic to keep them up this season, Chris, isn't he? Because it's going to be a tough test for them. Maybe Tottenham and Brighton are going to be there or thereabouts, but it's going to be tough for Everton to stay up, considering the restraints they've got. Yeah, and like you say, I think last season, considering they were beaten twice by Yeovil, um, and had it not been for the points reduction, <clears throat> it probably would have been a lot closer down the bottom. Um, you know, with, with Yeovil a bit more to play for towards the end of the season, but um, you know, for them to, they really didn't have the greatest season last season. Um, that they, they, they didn't look aside playing with with great confidence, um, and actually. Considering the players that have left, Angrad James, um, Siri Worm, De Bruyne and Berg as well. Uh, I think he was at Sunderland. I think they were probably their better players last season. Uh, Has James is an experienced player who, you know, who always always puts a shift in. Um, so they have got, you know, f- from what was an already rocky season last season. You know, they have got big, big shoes to fill in that in that squad now. So. Um, They'll be they'll be desperate for a good start, um, you know, because a bad start, a few defeats, um, you know, one or one or two points after five games or so might see them in in quite a bit of trouble this season. Yeah, it could be could be the case, Chris. Uh, let's let's pretty briefly touch on our actual our own team because we haven't really talked much yeah. about them. What sort of, what which players are you looking in particular to see this Sunday, Chris, to play for their first competitive game and uh, with blue shirts? Um, Visali in midfield. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Uh, I'm very interested to see how how the defence shapes up. You know who who is picked in that defensive role. Whether it's a a three at the back with with wing backs who are predominantly wide play wide forward players, or whether it's four at the back. Um, I'm I am interested to see how that goes. I think up front as well, obviously, you've got a few additions. Abby Grant, um, Claudia Walker coming back into the side. But, you know, genuinely, realistically, um, the, the biggest the biggest plus for me and the biggest thing I'm most excited about is is seeing Rachel Williams back. And I think that, you know, you joke about it. We've, we've made the signings we have. She is basically a new signing because we didn't see her at all last season. So... If she's back and she's fully fit and she's raring to go, she she could be the the you know the the real positive from pre season to get her back fit because she's you know she's a class act. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there was reports that she played in a under an academy game last week or a, or a pre season academy game, and uh, she's getting back to full fitness. So that's a good positive point. Yeah, I don't. Think... I think it's it... yep, sorry. Go. I think I think it's important to just point out here that. You know, I'm not expecting Rachel to play every minute of every game this season. She'll probably want to because that's the that's the type of character she is. But you know, we 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 do need to be 
to be careful with her. We do need to ease her in, you know, if she is feeling it a little bit, have a, have a week off, um, you know, have, have a have a rest for a couple of games or so. But, um, you know, if she's playing and she's fit and she's ready to go, then, you know, there's not many there's not many players better than the, in the WSL even now. Um, never mind the, the history of the WSL. Yeah, absolutely. She's the play- she's, as you say, she's a player who wants to play every minute, and she's gonna she's gonna run every minute of those ninety minutes every time she plays. Yeah. And every ever since Marcus Bignut decided to give her a chance as a striker from the midfield where she was playing before, she's obviously grown into that position, and she can score goals for fun. And she's someone who can hold the ball up but she can also chase everyone down and she will cause mistakes especially in this Everton uh, young Everton side and if she gets maybe half an hour towards the end she might cause some chaos for them um for me I'm I'm looking at um Adrian Jordan I, I'm interested to see how quick she is in person to see if she can rinse someone down the wing if, mm. if she's got the chance to if if, if they're going to play a, like a, a counter-attacking way or get ca- trying to catch Everton on the back on the back foot we'll see It'd be interesting to see how Marta's um, style differs from Mark's because obviously she's pointed out that it's going to be her way now. It'd be interesting to see if they continue to play out the back or it's going to be more of a mixture of playing out the back as well as clearing it more often than maybe Mark wanted to where we, at times it looked like we were really trying to play ourselves into trouble, maybe on like the edge of the six yard box when you didn't really need to. It'd be interesting to see if Marta wants more of a direct style compared to that, or she continues with the passing style. What do you think, Chris? Do you think it's going to be a bit of a mixture? Um, you, it's difficult to say. Obviously, last season she didn't change it an awful lot, um, but we had we had we had the players who I know you say, um, and they they did at times, you know, try and overplay a little bit, especially. Especially the back four or back five, whichever it was, but um, we had the players who could do that. Obviously, you know, um, Aoife's left now, and and Hayley Ladd has left now, which you know she could drop deep and and help out, you know, in, in terms of keeping possession and and keeping the ball moving. So, um, yeah, w- without knowing, without knowing the system, without knowing the. The, the preferred back four, it, it's difficult to say um, how how I think it will go. Um, obviously, without knowing Marta and, and her style and philosophy very well. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of questions to be answered um, in that first game. And but like you say, it's it's about it's about getting there now on on Sunday and and putting that team out and and hopefully the answers are all. Uh, Law becomes self-explanatory. Yeah, absolutely. It's been interesting. It's we're, we're kind of like a wild card team this season because no one knows what yeah. quite we're going to do, and that might be to our benefit. If people don't know what we're going to do, we might surprise them and get better results than maybe some fans are predicting we're going to get. So, we'll... I think I think uh, that's that's exciting, isn't it? Though, and I think I think the one thing you, um, you know I'm I'm certainly used to with be, being a Blues fan is um, men or women is that quite a lot of the Quite a lot of times, you find yourself at the start of the season not knowing whether it's going to be a car crash or, or an absolute joy. So, um, it will be very interesting, um, and we hope, obviously, on Sunday that we, we we come out the traps absolutely flying and we get a great result, um, and we can have a lot of confidence going into the season. Yeah, absolutely. 
And as we wrap up this week's show, we're going to do our predictions. Every week we put our predictions out, who we think is going to win the match, what oh, the score is going to be. Kaz has given us her score prediction ahead of this because she's... Uh, I forgot to mention that the start of the show, actually, if you wondered where Kaz has been. Uh, she had to get up early for work, so that's why she's not on this week's show. But she is she is, she is all right. She, she, did, she did contact us. Um, I will find her score. Chris, why don't you go uh, and say what you think the score is going to be while I find Kaz's up? Uh, okay, I will predict that two sides with a fair bit of change over the summer... Uh, we've got home advantage. Um, I will back us to win 2-0. Do you want goal scorer? Uh, no, that's fine. You can, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with just scores this, this season. Okay, okay. And, and, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So 2-0 Chris is going for. Kaz has gone for a 3-0 win. A 3-1 win. 3-1 win, sorry. Not 3-0. I, I almost read it wrong. 3-1 <laughs> she went for. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say two one. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna mix it up as well. So that's two one for me. Chris has gone for two nil, and Kaz has gone for three one. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of the Great Sin Sixty Eight Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City Women's Audio Show. I've been joined by Chris. You can follow him on Twitter at awcaib. You can follow Kaz at team underscore Schroeder. You can follow me at Craig Hadley, and you can follow the show at Great Sin Sixty Eight. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.